Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Just got back from the golf show. My other hobby that's not podcasting, um, <laughs> where I had a couple of good brews. So what you got on tap today? My brew for this episode is Pelican Brewing Hefeweizen Style Ale. Hmm. There you go. Let's try it. Let's shall we? let's uh, get a reaction. Let's go. He likes it, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, he likes not it. Bad. <laughs> How do you know me so well? You knew it before I did. <laughs> yeah, it's because I could tell by your immediate reaction on your face. <laughs> so could everybody else. Uh, today I am drinking Drew Brew Ski Patrol. This is a German style dark lager that supports ski patrol. So I thought that I would indulge and aid to the cause. It uh, sounded pretty good. So let's try it out. A beer with a cause. I didn't know you had such a big heart. <laughs> you know, sometimes I got to, um, I'm only soulless in ginger form. So <laughs> uh, it's actually really good. Um, kind of tastes like a, a dunkle. But a little I'm lighter. I'm a fan of Dunkles. But a little lighter. So more okay, that, Dunkel well, that's more lager hybrid. But it, it's really good. I enjoy it. Uh, if you are watching along, please, if you've tried it, let me know how, what you think. But till then, this is our bruise. Now let's get some to, to some banter. Welcome to Bruise and Banter. Targo, we had the Champions League this week. First legs of the rest of the games that haven't been played yet. First up, we had... On the 21st, Eintracht Frankfurt against Napoli. We both predicted this was only going one way. It was more of what the scoreline would be. And guess what? It only went one way. This one ending 2-0 to Napoli. Yeah, the hardest part about this game was pronouncing uh, one of their players' names, man. Yeah. Do do we want to just do a little segment about... uh, (laughs) Butchering it or how to actually (laughs) pronounce it? Yeah, it was funny. So I watched this game. And obviously listening to the commentator say it. And then I watched him on the weekend here and listen to that commentator pronounce his name and they both pronounce it differently. So can't butcher it too bad, but Kavicha Kavarshilia, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kavicha Kavarshilia. Um, I mean, it, it has a lot of consonants and vowels in it and it's, it's first name is one, two, three, four, five, six letters long. Last name is two, four, six, eight, ten, thirteen letters long. So I mean, if and there's you a try bunch it, of silent letters please. in there, man. <laughs> let's uh, let's try to get some TikToks going on on this. Uh, how to how to pronounce that? It. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, make sure to follow us on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe and watch our YouTube's. Like, hit that notification bell, and subscribe. But this one ending 2-0, Victor Osiman, man, man on fire. Yeah. Scores in the 40th minute. This was really only one way. It should have been a lot more than 2-0, in my opinion. Yeah, it was one-way traffic, for sure. And then it didn't help when Frankfurt got a red car. Kolomoani gets sent off in the 58th minute. Yeah. It was a little hard for me. doesn't help anybody when your best player gets sent off. Yeah, he is their best player. He was their main man up top for that game. and It, It was a little harsh, I might say. I thought so too, man. Like he got the ball, but then his follow through kind of goes through the ball and then catches a Napoli player, Angisa. 
I don't know. Maybe we're used to the Premier League where crunching tackles are a little bit more common. Yeah, but I mean, with the Premier League, it's a certain level of refereeing that we're not used to in the Champions League. As in, like, it's really <laughs> bad there, in yeah. the Premier League, and it's decent in the Champions League. So, who knows? Either way, he's suspended for the second leg. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't see any way back with Kolomowani out in the second leg for Frankfurt. Nope. Next up, we had probably the most entertaining game of the week. Ooh. We had Real Madrid against Liverpool. This one ended 5-2. to two. Liverpool going up 2-0 within 15 minutes. I they mean, the, bear, the, surprise for, they did. <laughs> the surprise for me was Jurgen Klopp started Darwin Nunez out on the left, Cody Gakpo up central, and then Mohamed Salah on the right. I didn't expect him to do that change. But it seemed to work out for at least the 15, first 15 minutes. Yeah, I would even say the 20, 20 minutes or so. But yeah, okay. they they poked the bear. Darwin Nunez had a nice goal. And then Courtois had a terrible mistake, man, for Salah's goal. I mean, yeah, that was just... It was, it was bad. He got caught on the ball, had a bad touch. Slipped. And then slipped, Salah, yeah. was, he was there. Like he just hand it to oh, him okay. on a open goal silver platter, yeah. Yeah, but I do think that Darwin Nunez goal on three minutes. It was a beautiful near post flick caught Courtois guessing that someone else was going to go for it. Yeah, it was a beauty. It was almost like a glitch in the Matrix. It really was. <laughs> I just wanted to get that saying in there. Uh, and then yeah, another glitch with Courtois slipping, but the third goal in the game. Madrid getting their first with Vinny Jr. Beauty. What a finish. Yeah, this is where the Matrix starts to correct itself. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Vinny, man, that was a beautiful curler past Allison. Not much he could do on that one. I think for that one, the thing that surprised me the most was Virgil van Dijk literally was standing there watching the whole time. He did. Like, he just, you see his head just go with the ball. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, shit. Uh, and then uh, Vinny Jr. with another glitch in the Matrix uh, after Allison goes to clear the ball, it bounces off him and goes directly in the net. Yeah, Allison saw Courtois' mistake. He says, I can do one better. Right. <laughs> Takes the ball right into Vinny. I mean, it was a little unlucky. It happened to bounce into the goal, but still terrible. Still, like in, in that situation, you're looking to hit the ball out of bounds. Maybe well, hit him. Well, he was in trying to pass so. it and he. Passed it into Vinny. Yeah. He was hit I it mean, right in, in his leg. Like you never do that as a goalkeeper. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, all of this was in the first thirty-five minutes. By the yeah, way. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Militao off of a fantastic work, fantastically worked free kick uh, by Madrid puts Madrid ahead on forty-eight minutes. Fantastic uh, free which, kick, poor marking, whatever you want to call it. Both. I thought it was a fantastic free kick. It was right on his head. No one followed him. No he one was did. running all by himself. Right. Uh, which started a half that was completely one-sided and dominated by Madrid. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Benzema made it 4-2 to two off of Joe Gomez deflection, which was unlucky. But as yeah. a defender, you can't be turning that direction off a strike from a striker. You cannot be putting your back to the ball. Yeah, turning away from the ball. 
Yeah. No, you open your body up so that way you can get a solid deflection on it, not a guessing one, which ultimately fools your goalkeeper. Shoot, man. I didn't know you were a defender. I was at one point um, (laughs) in college, I should say. Oh, you were there with me. Yeah. Yeah. You played like right back or left back, didn't you? I, I played right back. Yeah. Right back and then all the way up the field for every single throw in ever. So. And then Benzema with probably the nicest counter I've seen against Liverpool this season uh, scores his second to make it five to two. Yeah, Benzema was cool, calm, and collected on that one, man. Yeah, him and Vinny Jr. Vinny Jr. with a nice mag, give the ball to Benzema, and he just makes everybody look foolish. With Sits the them all the down, and then yeah, top corners it with his left foot. Yeah, I guess the real question is, do Liverpool really stand a chance in the rest of this tie? I can't say never, say never, but I I think going back to Madrid, I think this is over. Can't say never walk alone. They're walking alone into the Bernabeu, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it's just the 11 guys and Jurgen Klopp. I am sorry. This is not going to be fun for you guys. Next up, I think they'll make it interesting, having said that. Still make it interesting. On the 22nd, we had Inter Milan against Porto. This one was kind of a dull stalemate until Romelu Lukaku came on. Uh, This one ended 1-0, Lukaku getting the only goal of the game. Yeah, Lukaku was a difference maker once he came on. He was bullying that defense and was creating chances and then eventually got the goal. Kind of a funny goal. He takes the shot and it bounces. Was it off the post? Or he gets a header header off the the post. post. Yeah, and then... Finishes his own rebound. Yeah. <laughs> but and I will say that, he looked good coming on, and he definitely he changed that game. He did. I think that's the first time he's been benched for a game for Inter. Uh, and, you know, he's got a point to prove now. Well, he's been benched quite a bit. He's been coming off the bench. Oh. I in uh, Syria. Uh, okay. They've been well, liking Jekko and Lutaro Martinez. Well, either way, that's even more of a point to prove at that point then. Yeah, wait till we get to this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, we had RB Leipzig against Manchester City. This one ending in a 1-1 draw. This one had my two favorite announcers, I do have to say. <laughs> uh, Ray Hudson is the master of analogies, and I don't know how he thinks of them that fast, but they are amazing. Uh, and Andres Cordero uh, as his partner in that one. It just has to be said that they're my favorite and they do a lot of Europa League games. You don't hear them very often on the Champions League. So first up, we had Riyad Mahrez putting City ahead on 27 minutes. Is it just like the Arsenal game? Leipzig gives the ball away in their own half. Brilliant dummy for Mahrez letting the ball go through the defense, fooling everybody. And then he just I wouldn't say it was a dummy. He tried to pass it to someone and then it kind of broke through, went through Gavardiol's legs. I was a little unlucky on Gavardiel's part. Well, but take nothing away from the finish. I agree. I agree. Uh, this game, positive note, saw the return of Christopher and Cuckoo from injury, came on as a substitute in the 66th minute, which could be a deciding factor in the second leg. Again, the last person to score a hat trick against Manchester City. Uh, and speaking of Guardiola, uh, he equalized in the 70th minute, rising all the way above Ederson to score the goal. 
and as Ray Hudson said, he rose like a salmon in the v- proverbial stream to head the ball over Ederson. Well, he kind of rose majestic. over Ruben Diaz. I know they've looked at that one on VAR yeah. for a while for a foul. But man, that was I, like a game of two halves in the first half. It really was. Man City just dominated. Mm-hmm. They just dominated Leipzig. Leipzig had hardly any looks at goal. And then the second half comes about and Leipzig grew into the game and they're like, okay, we can we can play against Man City. And you saw them start to put together some passes and create chances. Yeah. I mean, they know they can hold their own against the big boys. They've done it against Manchester City in the past. And again, tale of two halves. Um, Henrik's substitution made an immediate impact. He did. He was flying down that right side uh, for Leipzig. Definitely, when he came on, he got their first couple chances in that half. He really did. Uh, but, I mean, this is anyone's game going into the second leg. It really is. It is. I still, I still think City, Kevin De Bruyne didn't play in that game. I think he might need to come on. He didn't and, even travel, yeah. Yeah. So, he, he could be the difference maker. Uh, if Nkuku has full fitness, he could be the difference maker. Again, with the way City has played this season it could go either way i'm sticking by my statement i think leipzig might go through on this one no i think if kevin de bruyne plays their man city is a completely different team with kevin de bruyne on that field man they play so much better with him i agree but i know you're gonna stick by city because you picked them to win it all so (laughs) i did (laughs) next up we got europa league action This was the second leg of the first round for all of the games. On the 23rd, we had Ajax against Union Berlin. This one ending 3-1 for Union Berlin after a 0-0 draw on the first leg. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Union Berlin looked really good almost this entire game. Yeah, it was a little back and forth. I feel like Ajax, a little hard done. They had a couple goals taken off due to VAR, but they were rightfully so. But yeah, Berlin, they took their chances and could be the surprise outfit in the Europa League. Could we'll be when we get to the draw. Next up, we had the game everyone was looking forward to. Barcelona against Manchester United. This one going United's way after 2-2 draw in the first leg. United win this one 2-1. Four to three on aggregate. But man, this was an entertaining game to watch. Barcelona dominating possession. Manchester United with more, almost double shots and shots on goal than Barcelona did. It just, to me, this just seems like the typical game nowadays where Man United thrives. Yeah, I thought, honestly, they looked like the better team, which is astounding considering they're playing. Barcelona. Yeah. A team that is has the best defense in Europe. Best defense in Europe. Uh stats quotes, wise, on paper. <laughs> yeah. But what I didn't get was how many changes Javi made. Um especially going forward. I know Gavi and Pedri were out for this game, so he didn't have a choice in midfield. But again, he's switching it around versus what he does in the league, and it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not Javi, man. <laughs> so I, I mean, don't he had Lewandowski still up top. He scored their first goal, PK yeah, on a penalty. Uh, a little rough do you too. think he that was missed it? I would say, or, do you think that was a penalty? 
thought it was soft. It was it was a Bruno grabbed someone and it kind of turned him. Uh, Balde. Balde, that's who it was. Yeah, I mean, he grabbed him. Can't do that. No. Yeah, I mean, it's an age old saying. If it happened anywhere else on the field, it's called a foul. It happened in the box. Uh, you got to call it a foul. It's a soft one, but a soft one, but a foul nonetheless. Um, yeah, Lewandowski put Barcelona ahead. Fred equalized on the 47th minute with a fantastic game by him, I might add. Yeah. And Anthony put United ahead on 73 minutes. And Beautiful finish. It was a great finish. Uh, despite everything I've said against Anthony and him being a bust of a signing. Still jury out on that one for 100 mil, but he's starting to put in the performances. Just like Jack Grealish, so I'll admit it now. Next up, we had RB Salzburg against AS Roma. Targo, you called this one. I First did, remember? ended... 1-0 to Salzburg. You said Roma were going to come back, and they did, winning this one 2-0. Uh, Andrea Bellotti gave him the lead in the 33rd minute, and Paulo Dybala with a beautiful goal in the 40th minute. To yeah, if you haven't seen that goal, man, check it out. It's a good one. It is. It's a beaut. But, but I told you. told you Roma, you man. Did. You did. You did. Um <sighs> I got, do I say I'm sorry? I, <laughs> I'm not, but do I say it? I no. All right. Now we're going to get to the most interesting and exciting two games of the round, even though on paper they probably wouldn't be. First one we had was Shakhtar Donetsk against Ren. This one ended 3-3 three to three aggregate. The game itself ended 2-1 to one for Ren. They went into extra time. And PKs. But man, was this back and forth? I mean, there was all sorts of things. You had three goals. You had two called off. Injury time. Goals. Own goals. Penalty kicks. What what else do you want from a game? Man, that own goal, though, at the end was a... That's a rough one. I feel bad yeah, for that was, defender. That was a harsh. I feel bad. Yeah, it was so rough. But honestly, I think the difference maker in that game was Shakhtar's goalkeeper. He made a, some good saves in that game and then saved three penalties. So, Yep. I had all three written on his water bottle as well, which direction they were going. So <laughs> did his homework. Next up, we had Bayer Leverkusen against AS Monaco. We you called this one, didn't you? I think you I said did. I did say Leverkusen were going to win. However, this was much closer than I thought. By the it skin was. of their teeth, man. By the skin of their teeth. They won the game 3-2. to two. Aggregate was 5-5, five, five, winning on penalty kicks. But holy cow, Florian Verts scored a tap-in in the 13th minute. Ben Yedder scored in the 19th for Monaco. Ezekiel Palacios scored in the 21st which was beauty. beauty. Uh, I mean, I mean, Adley scored to make it three to one with a header. That was a good header too. Yeah. Uh, And then Monaco leveled the aggregate score in the 84th minute. Real and Bolo scoring a header. I just, it's so late scoring equalizer. So much drama. It, it's what, it's why we love European football. And then Liverpool's won it. 
five to three on PKs. I, honestly, the the penalty kick shootout. You never I know want man. to end because both Could've teams gone way. win. It was fantastic. Like, can we have that game just keep going? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, Leverkusen went through. Feel bad for Monaco, but it is what it is. Yeah, Ben Yetter for Monaco, man. He looks like one heck of a player right now. Yes, he he's on fire. Uh, and good news for Leverkusen, Florian Verts, one of their standout performers, young guns this season. He's back to full fitness from injury. So going yeah, forward, he's, he's going to be a huge help for them. And he's young, man. He's only, what, 20? 20, yeah. Something like that. He's he's young, but yeah, he's definitely had his injury issues here. I know the past bit. Yeah. But man, the potential for him is huge. Huge. Next up, we had Juventus against Nah. I mean, this only went one direction. I think mean, we both called it. I might have said Nah could have a chance, but they didn't. So it ended 3 0 with an Angel Di Maria hat trick. And man. What a worldie he had in this one. First yeah. time outside the 18 on the right side, curls it. Keeper doesn't even move. That was a beautiful goal, man. Man. If you haven't seen that one, check that out. Oh, I I watch it like 10 times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I couldn't believe they hit that first time. He's yeah. running away from the ball, comes back to it, hits it first time, curls it up or V. I didn't see that coming. Uh, it didn't help that Nicola Palwa got a red card in the 17th minute. It was a little harsh, yeah. I would say. I, I thought but. so too, man. Like he kind of fell on the ground and it was Di Maria kind of takes a shot. And as he's on the ground, it kind of hits his arm. But if his arm wasn't there, it would have hit his body. So that's why I thought it was harsh. Yeah. But because it, I think it was going in the goal. That's why I deemed it red. Either way, didn't help. Um, Juventus was up one nil at the, at that point, and then they went on to score two more. So, yeah, Juventus through to the next round. They're going to be a force no matter where they go. They're Juventus no matter what penalties are against them. Next up, we had Sevilla against PSV going into this game. Sevilla was up three nil, and man, did they want to make it interesting! PSV winning this one two nil. They had to wait till late. Luke de Jong scoring in the 77th and Fabio Silva scoring in the 95th. Yeah, 90 plus four, whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, they, they they made it interesting, but not till very late. <laughs> yeah, and then they got a red card on 97 minutes. So, yeah. I didn't think they had any shot. They sure as heck made a good fighting chance of it, but... Too little, too late for PSV on that one. Next up, we had Sporting against FC Michelin. Yeah, I think I called Targo, this one too, didn't it. I? All right, you called it again. <laughs> Sporting won 4-0 in this one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Michelin was a little unlucky with some of these goals. No uh, way, man. A, that, couple, uh... a couple of deflections to go in. However... There was a red card. Second yellow, 38th minute. What did you think? Oh, I was. it was soft. I mean, it was a foul. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it was a shoulder-to-shoulder, kind of bumbled him over. I, I, I didn't think it was a red. 
Definitely harsh. I didn't either. I didn't even think it was a yellow. Um, it just didn't make any sense for me. However, yeah, it was a foul, but yeah, a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. it's a foul nonetheless, but not a yellow in my opinion. Um, Pedro Goncalves. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, scored a beautiful volley on 50 minutes. There's a lot of beautiful goals this week. Yeah. Fantastic. Did you see the uh, own goal? One of the worst the own goals goal, I've ever the seen. Deflection caught the goalie standing, going for the other post. It was well. He so went to unlike- pass it back to the goalie, and he passed it straight back, and the goalie was off to the side. Yeah, and just rolled right into the net. Terrible. It's bad. It's bad. Didn't look back. Anyways, that brings us to the draw for the Europa League next round. We have yeah. the teams that finished first in their groups against the team that won these two legged ties. The draw came out, and we have Union Berlin against Union Saint Gilles. Battle of the Unions. <laughs> I really don't know a lot about Saint Gilles. Um, we got Sevilla against Fenerbahce. Should be a good tie. We have Juventus against Freiburg. I'm excited for this one. That one could be interesting. It could be. Uh, we got Bayer Leverkusen against Ferran Vakos. Sporting Lisbon against Arsenal. That one could also be interesting. Hector, Hector Bellerin returning to Arsenal. To face I don't Arsenal, think he's yep. going to really do much against them, but it's good to see him back. I wish him all the best success except for against Arsenal. My he favorite came on tie as a sub the, against Michelin. He did. My favorite tie of the round. Manchester United against Real Betis. Batiste has been a real bugaboo team for United over the last decade. Every time they face them in the Champions League, they seem to get one up over them. I don't think it'll happen this time, man. United or... I don't either. Especially with the first game in well. Manchester at Old Trafford. I, I, don't, I don't really see Batiste doing anything. But if they can keep it level, come out with a draw, I, anything could happen. They're a solid squad, but I don't. The way Manchester United has been playing lately, I don't see this going any way but in United's favor. Next up, AS Roma against Real Sociedad. I think that's one to keep an eye on, too. Yeah. That should be a good one. Should be. We'll see. I mean, Sociedad's been kind of up and down this season. They're doing well. They have a great squad. But just like Roma, they tend to lose some games they should win and win some games they shouldn't. It's just been happening all season. Unless you're Roma and you're playing against Napoli, it's just not going to happen this season. <laughs> Next up, we got Shakhtar Donetsk against Feyenoord. Should be an interesting battle. I haven't seen Feyenoord play much this year, uh, but they're generally pretty good, especially going forward. But... I'm excited to see the first and second legs. First one going to be on March 9th. And I believe the second leg is March 16th. Should be exciting. Next up, we have the English Premier League. On the 24th, we had Fulham against Wolverhampton Wanderers. This one ended 1-1. Wolves went ahead in the 23rd minute. Paulo Sarabia getting the goal. And then the equalizer in the 64th minute for Manor Solomon. 
What, what a goal, a man. Goal. Did you see that one? Oh, yes, I did. That's a beauty. It was a beaut. Make sure you go check that out. It's his third straight game scoring. I did not know that. Coming off the bench, yeah. Yeah. What a super sub for Fulham, uh, especially with Ex- Alexander Mitrovic out. Uh, Wolves dominated this one in the first half. Fulham barely got a side on goal. I would say both teams are probably happy with this result. What do you think? Yeah, I think both teams are happy with the draw. You know, Wolves, like I said, they played well in the first half. Definitely put it to Fulham. In the second half, Fulham got the goal. And I will say Fulham probably had the better chances at the end of that second half. So that's where I think both teams are probably happy with the draw. Yeah. It was definitely a tale of two halves. I will say that. Next up, we had on the 25th, Everton against Aston Villa. This one was nil-nil at the half. Kind of boring. And then it came to life in the second half. Ole yeah, Watkins we'll putting Villa, Villa ahead on the 63rd minute with a penalty. And then Emmy Buendia with a beautiful one-two juke move to put him out of reach, putting the ball near post on 81. Yeah, Everton, man. They they looked the better team in the first half. They had some chances, but they couldn't put them away. Nope. Um, and, you know, it's just more pain and misery for Everton. It's a good Still win. In the relegation in, zone. In my opinion, for Aston Villa going to Goodison Park and winning. Um, I thought for that first half, it could have gone either way, but the second half was all Aston Villa. I think we predicted Villa would probably get one over on Everton, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Next up, we had the bottom six pointer Leeds United against Southampton. This one ended 1 0 to Leeds. This was also nil-nil, a half debut for the new Leeds coach, and his name is escaping me at the moment. Gracia, something like that? Yes, that is it. Is his last name? Yes. Because I wanted to say Garcia, but it's not Garcia, because there's two R's in there. There is. Junior Furpo getting the goal that proved to be the winner in the 77th. How big of a win is this for Leeds? That's a huge win for Leeds, man. It takes them out of the relegation zone. They're now in 17th place, one point up on Everton, who are below them. Yeah, huge. And I will say, Leeds deserved to win that game. They were the better team. Which was going to lead me into my next question. How promising is this for Leeds to give them more encouragement going forward with how dominating they were against Southampton. None of those forward players didn't score, though. I mean, look at this goal. It came from a very unlikely scorer, their left back, Junior Furpo. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to give them some confidence, but at the same time, they need to start putting away chances. Yeah, I agree. Next up, we had Leicester City against Arsenal. This one going 1-0 to the Gunners. It also was nil-nil at half. There's a theme here. So, yeah, fun fact. Every (laughs) game on Saturday was nil-nil at halftime. Yes. (laughs) And it, well, every game in the morning was nil-nil. Don't mean to play spoiler, but it was. Uh, And it drove me nuts. (laughs) Especially since Leandro Trossard thought he put Arsenal ahead on 27 with a beautiful strike upper corner 
However, Ben White was found to be holding the hands with goalkeeper Danny Ward. He was holding hands with him. <laughs> I thought that one was harsh because the goalkeeper still got to the ball, still punched it. Well, the, the thing for me is Danny Ward didn't try to get his hand out. He just left it there so he could flop on the ground. He still got a fist to it. All he had to do was pull his hand back. It didn't look like Ben White was really holding hands with him too hard. Um, apparently, he just wanted to stay close to Benny Blanco. But well, What irritates me on that one is they call that one a foul, but then Sokka gets dragged down in the box. And they just going to get to that. The penalty shot mind. afterwards where Bakayo Sokka gets essentially rugby tackled. Uh, in the Fender box, gave him a big a hug cross. and drug him down to the ground. <laughs> yeah, but nothing. Uh, I I don't understand Just it. It's inconsistent, man. It's the the level of refereeing that doesn't surprise me anymore. It really doesn't. Uh, but the fact that VAR didn't intervene on this and it did on the other one, I'll give credit to the ref. He went to the monitor for the first callback for Trossard with Ben White holding the hands, but I, I don't understand it. He it's so inconsistent. That. I had a hard yeah. time even seeing that on the TV. I was like, where's the foul? I'll be honest with you. I had it on the projector. It was very large, uh, <laughs> like an entire wall, so I could actually see it. If I was watching on a TV, there's no way I would I know. I texted you. I was like, where was the foul in that? It looks like Ben White just stood there like, and jumped I can straight see up. It. It was this big on the wall, <laughs> and it's like this. So, yeah, I don't get it. It was weird. And Sokka being brought down by essentially a tackle when the ball was clearly going right to him. It went right over his head when he was on the ground. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Arsenal still won the game, so I'm not mad. After we were talking shit about Martinelli, how terrible he was playing. Goes and scores a goal. Yeah, texting back and forth. Martinelli's having a howler. Uh, I will give credit, though. Leicester's defense was fantastic in that first half. They didn't let Arsenal have any shots on target that actually counted. I mean, the Trossard one was a shot on target, but didn't count. Uh, Arsenal, I mean, the first half was great defensively, dominated by Arsenal. No team had a shot on target. You could feel a goal coming, though, with the way Arsenal were playing. 100%. Like. And that is a great segue, Targo. Uh, to the 46th minute we go, and Gabriel Martinelli put through behind the defense by Leandro Trossard with a great assist through the legs of the defender. Uh, with he essentially falling over, slots it to the far post, and then Wolford and Didi stomps on his knee as soon as he shoots the ball. I wouldn't call it a stomp. You're being dramatic. He stepped on him, but I mean, it was a stomp. Okay, well, it's a step on the knee. Step, it's not a stomp, stomp though. Stomp was, means intent. There was purpose behind it. You never know these days. Uh, anyways, I've seen reds called for less. Red cards, that is. I think that could have been a red. I don't think it deserved one, but it could have been. <laughs> I digress. It is a tale of two halves for Gabriel Martinelli, though. First half was awful. Couldn't finish anything. Couldn't hit a cross in to save his life. His decision-making was poor. Out. Yeah, it was so bad. Like he's like, 
Yeah. When he, there was a time when he should have put a ball in and he has to cut it back three or four times. Like, dude, just cross it already. He had the space. Commit to something. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Um, but great start to the second half for him, regardless of being stomped on or not. <laughs> Stepped on. Uh, and then on the 54th minute, Bukayo Saka had a goal called off for offsides. It was a lovely play, though, uh, with Martinelli being marginally offsides. Barely. That was a I fingernail. Mean, I'm on a projector, and it's this much. <laughs> Literally. Uh, it's probably the sleeve of his shirt. Nervy last 20 minutes for Arsenal, though. Leicester dominating possession, keeping the ball the whole time, reversing the possession stats with 68% possession, but couldn't get a shot on goal. Yeah, honestly, it was Jamie Vardy and Yuri Tillmans once they came onto that game that it shifted. Yeah, it seemed Leicester were pressing more, winning the ball. Starting, it, it was still a little bit broken up, the game. like There's a lot of fouls started kind of happening during those last 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Yuri Tielemans bundling over his ankle, and that looked very painful. Yeah, it did. But credit to him. He finished out the game on it, on a bum ankle. Uh, I will give a shout-out to Gabriel, though. I thought he put in a man-of-the-match performance, winning all of his duels in the air and on the ground. So Good for him. Yes. Uh, it was definitely a tale of defense in this game. Arsenal marginally winning this one. I thought it could have gone either way, and I thought Leicester were going to get one towards the end of that second half. I almost had that feel, almost like last week with Man City and Nottingham Forest. It did. It really did. And the commentators mentioned it about five or six times during that game. (laughs) Next up, we had West Ham against Nottingham Forest. Again, another bottom of the table six-pointer. This one also, spoiler alert, was nil-nil at half. (laughs) However... Man, did this second half come to life. West Ham winning it 4-0. Danny Ings getting the first goal on the 70th minute. A second one on the 73rd. Declan Rice with a worldie for Ooh. the third. Beautiful curler on that one. Oh, it was so beautiful. And then Miguel Antonio. Thank God, West Ham fans. He ended his goal drought on the 85th minute. Been a long time since he's scored. That was an important win for David Moyes. You think if West Ham lose that game, David Moyes is still manager at West Ham? No. I think that saved his job. His players went out and put out a good performance in that second half. And and I think it's a, it's a fantastic win going forward for David Moyes. Something to build off of. Because 4-0, that's an emphatic victory against someone who's above you in the table, but also fighting for relegation. Huge win. You get yeah. all of your... You get both of your strikers with goals in this game. Ducks off their backs. Declan Rice coming back into form, scoring another goal. I, I This couldn't have gone any better for West Ham. Fantastic. Yeah, now they sit in 16th place. Got a, a little bit of breathing room. Not much. Yeah. Just a couple points. But, but they're only, they're only two, ga- two goals. Sorry, two points back from Nottingham Forest. Yeah, now they are. Sitting in 13th place. So getting up there in the table. It's huge for them, but the more and more this season goes on, the more and more accurate I think your prediction is of Everton going down. You think so? I hate to say it. I hate to say it. It's looking more and more accurate. It hurts my soul. 
or lack thereof. But I digress. Uh, next up, we had another draw. Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Let's don't forget about the game above it. I, I won't. But we're here now. Okay. <laughs> another draw for Crystal Palace and yet another Another draw, draw for Crystal Palace. Another the team draw. that keeps on tying. <laughs> Crystal Palace has no wins this calendar year, and they have more draws than losses. Uh, I think Diego Jota could have had a goal on 22 minutes. It was from a difficult angle. I don't think he would have. That would have been harsh, man. He was His body was almost over the line as he's trying to head that. I've seen him score better goals than that. Nah, that would have been hard. Angles. I mean, the ball was literally in line with the goalpost. And how is he supposed to curl that around with his head? I get it. I get it. It's not his foot, so it's a lot harder. Uh, credit to you, though. Miguel Olise with a fantastic game. Brilliant crosses and free kicks all game for Palace. He just lacks that final finish from the rest of the squad. Shows you how much they're missing Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha or any kind of finisher up top. Yeah. Uh, But Mateta did hit the crossbar on the 40. Should have scored, not hit the crossbar. Should have scored, but he did hit the crossbar. Uh, Terrible giveaway from Trent Alexander-Arnold. He got caught on the ball, man. Yeah. He just was holding on Dilly to it, got caught on the ball. Yeah. Uh, but for Liverpool in this game, the most disappointing thing had to be the performance of Mohamed Salah. I mean, he hit the crossbar in the 48th minute, but the rest of the game is poor decision-making the entire game, yet again. Yeah, he does not look good. No. Um, Cody Gakpo had a chance to win it in the 81st minute. He should have done better on that one. Poor chip. Uh, I don't even know if he called it a chip. He straight up sliced it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and then we uh, moved to Bournemouth against Manchester City. Arsenal being up five points before this game started with their game ending before this game. Uh, but City never left this in doubt, unlike the game against Nottingham Forest. They're up 3-0 a half. Alvarez yeah. with a goal in the 15th minute. Foden with a great piece of play, had a shot saved, Holland hit the crossbar, Alvarez had a tap in. Kind of sums up the game for me, really. Holland scored a tap in in the 29th to get his goal to go above Sergio Aguero for most goals in a season in the Premier League for Manchester City. With That's crazy, left. his first season. <laughs> yeah, with 13 games left. Foden got his goal for the first time since November with a terrible back pass from oh, Phil Billing. I don't know what Philip Billing was doing there, man. Oh, so bad. It's almost like he was trying to pass it to Foden. Yeah. Like it would have been a perfect through ball, <laughs> but he's the defender in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Man City, I mean, Bournemouth defense was Swiss cheese, man. Man City was cutting him so up bad. left and right. It was so bad. Could have been uh, more than four, honestly. It could have been. Um... Alvarez thought he got a second on 51, but Neppen hit it in the net. It was going wide, hits it in the net for an own goal. Uh, Jeffrey Lerma, bright spot for Bournemouth, gets the only goal for Bournemouth in the 83rd. Great play by Zamora on that one, making a run all the way from left back, all the way forward, getting in the cross for uh, Lerma. But 
Jay Nancy was the only other bright spot for Bournemouth. And that's about all I can say for Bournemouth. I want to say positive things, but I have nothing. They got a couple good signings at Triore. They got, mm-hmm. I thought he looked good in the previous game, not against Manchester City. But yeah, I think we, we expected this, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Man City definitely took out some frustrations after that Leipzig draw. It, it's it's one of those League. things, Manchester City and Bournemouth, it never ends well for Bournemouth. No. Never has. I I just I think know the games. The commentator said something that Bournemouth has beat all the other top five teams except for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Not this season, but in not this season, years. but in previous seasons, yeah. in their history, we'll say. Next up on the twenty sixth, we had the big game of the weekend. We had Tottenham Hotspur against Chelsea. Surprise to surprise to everybody else, Chelsea didn't score yet again. What was it at halftime? Nil nil. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and again, surprise. Tottenham showed up in the second half. Weird. They Tottenham went in two nil. Half team. What? <laughs> <laughs> the big talking point of this game in the first half was an incident between <clears throat> Hakeem Ziyech and Emerson Royale. Where? Let me get your thoughts. Yeah, because I'm curious to hear what your whole play on it is, and I'll tell you mine. All right. So was- For those of you listening. What ended up happening was Ziyech essentially retaliated to a push from Richarlison. Start from the beginning. Start from the foul. You go ahead, because I missed the foul. So Ziyech fouls Richarlison, and Richarlison kind of gets up, puffing his chest. A little push and goes back and forth. And then Emerson Royale comes in and pushes Ziyech. And Ziyech goes to push him back, and he kind of hits his shoulder, and his hand slides up and hits him into the face. And so Royale obviously goes down, clutching his face. And so the referee kind of gets has talks with his assistant, gives Yesh a red card. VR gets involved, tells him to go look at the screen. The referee comes back, switches the red card to a yellow card, and then that's where we're at. So my opinion of this is I think it was two yellow card offenses, and it should have been a red card. Okay. That is my opinion. For the foul um, and then for the push? Yes. 100 percent, because whether or not his hand went up the shoulder of Emerson Royale, it still contacted his face and his throat, which is a red card in most offenses. uh, If you go straight and hit someone in the throat or I know they called it accidental, though, is why still yellow card. Accidental or not, this was not on the ball play, and he clearly went for Emerson Royale. But if it's not clearly things. for the face and it was accidental, I think that's why they're saying it was not a red it's card. More of the yeah. Well, I agree. It should have been a yellow. I for do the agree push with that. And for the but foul. I think okay. the foul and the push on Richarlison also deserved a yellow, which should have been two yellows and a red card. Not a straight red, but two yellows and a red. Okay. What are your thoughts? I thought how it played out was perfectly how it should have happened. I don't think he was trying to hit his face. He, You can see he tries to hit his shoulder and his hand kind of slips off his shoulder and it does hit him in the face. It's not hard. I mean, these are grown men. Take it like a man, Royale. Yeah, a little <laughs> knock on the face. Whatever, dude. <laughs> don't be a baby about it. Whatever, and so I, dude. I, and so, yeah, it's a yellow card. I think Emerson should have got a yellow card, too, for his push. Yeah. No, I and do he agree. did. I do agree. With Charleston, too. Honestly. Yeah, and so I, I think the ref got it right on. I don't think it was a red. 
you know, I'm glad he went and looked at the screen, checked it out. And so, yeah, I thought it, the way it was handled on field was perfect. Okay. Well, then, from your point of view, one of the few instances all season where VAR has done a good job and the referee did his. <laughs> yes. So, kudos. we got to give kudos where it's due so that way later on we can give them crap for not doing their jobs. All right. Uh, Hoiberg hit the post on 27th minute after some beautiful play from Tottenham. Beautiful build-up play, man. I'm yeah. not used to saying that. I'll be honest with you. It's usually really ugly. Um. But it was. It was beautiful. And he Just takes seconds. a shot, takes a little deflection off. I think it was Fafana. Yeah, I think so. And it goes off the post because, yeah, Tiago came off injured in that game. Which could possibly be a huge blow for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, if he's out for a lengthy period of time. Uh, just seconds after the second, a scoreless half of football. Surprise. Uh, Oliver Skip with his first goal for Spurs. And what a majestic strike it was off the crossbar, off of a parry from Keppa. But, man, did he hit that with some ferocity. Banger, yeah. Takes it off the chest as it's bouncing, just catches at the volley with the outside of the foot. He did. Um, What a great first goal for him for Spurs, and I'm happy for him. Very unlikely goal score, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richarlison subbed off. Before Spurs' second goal, he still hasn't scored a goal for Spurs in the Premier League. You know what's funny is I saw that in the notes that you had written. I was like, no way. Richardson has to have (laughs) one goal for Spurs. And so, of course, I had to go look it up. Nope. No Premier League goals. He's scored in the Premier League goals for Spurs. But yeah, it's really bad. That's wild. Yeah. Which surprises me why Son is not starting the last two games, and Richardson has. Because Son makes an instant impact, and off of a corner, Eric Dyer with the flick, Harry Kane puts it in the net. Surprise, surprise, Richarlison comes off, Spurs get a goal. I don't like the guy, Richarlison that is. I think his attitude affects everything, and clearly he's not doing it for Spurs. Which, by the end of the season, if he still has it, I might put him down as the worst signing of the season. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for Richarlison either. We, I think we, we, we've Send said him that back before, to Everton. But, they need him. But Listen. wow, I did not know he didn't have a goal. Like I said, I had to look that up. and was like, oh, wow, he really hasn't scored one for I him. I heard that stat about a month ago when he came on as a sub. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> and I've literally been keeping track ever since. I'm like, it's still not happening. It's almost <laughs> March. What? I don't know how. I don't. But Tottenham don't score many goals. Harry Kane seems to get most of them, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. He does have a couple of assists in there, so I'll give him credit. Um, Chelsea have scored two goals this entire calendar year, and they've won two games since November 3rd. Yeah, and I saw another stat. It's uh, six goals in their last 11 Premier League games which is the fewest of any team in the Premier League in that time span. Yeah. They cannot buy goals. Literally, they tried. They spent yeah, lots they of did. money. They tried. They've but spent... we'll get into our next episode. We'll get into this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying squad. to dilly-dally on this, but I, it's hard not to talk about it. Yeah. It's bad. So make sure you guys tune into our next episode because we're going to dive into these Chelsea and Liverpool teams and what's going on with them. It doesn't make sense, but we'll try to figure it out.
Next up, we had the Carabao Cup final. The first, the first trophy, trophy of this year. Newcastle against Manchester United. Did Newcastle end their 68-year drought for a trophy? Sorry to spoil it for you. No, they didn't. <laughs> Manchester United wins their first trophy in six years. I think the biggest thing, it really was, that Nick Pope wasn't playing in this game. I think it was huge. Uh, I mean, Newcastle didn't really create much going forward. Not they had really. a moment in the first half. St. Maximin, yeah. Maximin, beautiful run of play. I would say De Gea had a lucky save on that one. He didn't move and hit him in the he arm. He lifted his arm a little. Anywhere well, that's else. That's what you that do when you're a goalie, man. You just try to make yourself big. I mean, he does a great job. David De Gea is still, in my opinion, is one of the best goalies in the world. I'll say However, he's one of the shot stoppers if St. Maximin puts that anywhere else, it's in the net. St. Maximin didn't have a lot of goal to look at, though, at that angle. No. He's at a tight angle. Puts it a little higher, though. It's in the goal. And it kind of came back to bite him in the butt. Because uh, on the 33rd minute, Casemiro scored on a header. Beautiful free kick from Luke Shaw. Glancing off Casemiro's head and into the bottom corner. Putting United up 1-0. And then just before halftime in the 39th minute, Marcus Rashford scored off of what looked like a deflection. I know we've watched this like four or five times now. Still can't tell if it was an actual deflection or if Rashford mishit it and it somehow hit the ground and went a different direction. I got nothing. Either way, I think Carrius should have better. Yeah, can't put as much blame on Carrius as those one Champions League goals, as I'm sure most of us know about. He had a couple howlers in a Champions League final for Liverpool against Real Madrid. That was bad. This one, yeah, I think he could have done better. Can't fault him too much. But Rashford, unstoppable at the moment. Yeah, he gets goals from every which direction. And credit to him, he might be the most informed player in the world right now. Pretty sure we say that every show. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it if he keeps scoring. I, there's yeah. nothing that's going to change my mind. I, Mbappe is coming back from injury. Messi will be the best player in the world, but he's not the most informed player in the world. Victor Osaman might give Marcus Rashford. It's close. However, seeing Rashford do it against the teams he is versus Osaman. And in, in, and in Italy, cup finals, too. Yeah. Anyways, let's fly over to Germany and check out what happened in the Bundesliga. We had the big game on the 25th. RB Leipzig coming off their draw against Manchester City. Against Frankfurt coming off their 2-0 loss to Napoli. And guess what? Momentum is a real thing because RB Leipzig wins this one 2-1. Timo Werner put Leipzig ahead on the sixth minute with a bad giveaway from Frankfurt. And Emil Forsberg doubled the lead in the 40th minute. And the whole first half was really only one-way traffic. Second half, Frankfurt showed up a little bit more. They got a goal on the 61st minute with Jabril So. Sal. 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 Uh, but, I mean, this was all one-way traffic in my mind. I think Leipzig Huge win for Leipzig, man. Takes them Huge. up in fourth place. Huge. 42 points. Four points behind Bayern Munich, who have 46. Yeah. Um, that was a big game for those teams. One heck of a title race in Germany, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to hear your thoughts. 
Does someone other than Bayern Munich win the Bundesliga this year? I want it now. A yes or no. You don't have to tell me which team. I just want a yes or no. Put me on the spot, man. I know, but this is a big big year in the Bundesliga. It is. Bayern are running no. away with it. I'm going no. You're going no. And my reasons are Leipzig are at uh, Bayern Munich have only won, lost. Wow, I'm all over the place today. They've only lost two games. Yep. It's their goal differential. Plus 43. Next closest is Dortmund and Leipzig at plus 18. I don't see this going any way towards the end of the season. I mean, they still have, what is it, 16 games left? They've played 22. Uh, they have less teams in the Premier League, so that would be 36 games. So 14 games left. I think I don't think this is a marathon, not a sprint. I think Bayern Munich, maybe it's close. Maybe it's closer than it has been in recent years. I want someone else to win it, but I think Bayern Munich will win it. Okay. How about you? <laughs> I think Bayern Munich will win it too, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say someone different. I want to, but <laughs> this is a, you asked me predict. Yeah. Not an opinion or a want. If I'm wanting, I want somebody else to win it. Yeah. I want an underdog to win it. I would love to see Union Berlin win it. Cause that would be the greatest underdog story since Leicester city. It'd be fantastic, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. All right. Well, moving on then. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Next up, we had Hoffenheim against Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund win this one 1-0 with maybe one of the craziest goals I've ever seen scored. This one Julian was wild. Brandt literally putting this ball off his back into the net. And it wasn't one of those where you think it hits the guy in the back and get, redirects the direction of the ball. No, it bounces off his back and goes to the far corner because he's bending over. Trying to get out of the way. (laughs) Trying to get out of the way. Bounces off his back. Just keeps going straight forward into the net. It was hilarious. Check that one out, guys. That's a funny one. I don't think I've ever seen one like that. About a goal in a long time. I did see one from the Japanese league today, uh, where the guy goes to pass the ball back to his. Was it an own goal? Like a terrible own goal? Yeah. Yeah, The goalie was on the edge of the eighteen yard box. He crosses it into the net. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes straight in. It was a beautiful finish. But the goalie was like behind him. <laughs> like, who are you hitting that to? <laughs> yeah, I don't it was know. so bad. So check I that remember, one out too. I saw that one. Yeah, you want a good laugh? Uh, Dortmund have won all nine games in twenty twenty three. I'm fire, man. This should have been this should have been more than one nil, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say Dortmund dominated this game with Hoffenheim having moments, and I will say both keepers played very well in that game. I would agree. Um, Dorman, though, they need that. They have it at times, but they need a more consistent finishing touch in games because if they don't get it all season, this is where the Bayern Munich is going to pull ahead of them and they're not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, they win this game off a fluke, weird ball off the back of Brandt. Yeah, Julian Brandt putting the team on his back and scoring a goal. (laughs) 
I couldn't go the whole segment without saying it. Come on. Uh, you, I knew you were going to say something about that. <laughs> Carrying them on his back. Next yeah. up on the 26th, we had Freiburg against Bayer Leverkusen. We thought this game was going to be pivotal in the race for the top of the league. I guess it kind of is. I think this game it ended 1-1. I think this hurts Leverkusen more than it hurts Freiburg. I think it hurts Freiburg more. Really? Well, they're in fifth place now. Yeah, but Leverkusen's they in would 11th. be in fourth if they had won this game. Leverkusen's in eleventh. If they would have won, they'd be up. I guess technically they would be in ninth, but I just, I don't understand how Leverkusen's in eleventh with the squad they have. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't either. Um. Yeah, that's all. I, that's all I really have for this game. It, yeah. One one hurts both teams. That's it. Next up, we have Bayern Munich against Union Berlin. I thought this game was going to be exciting. Back and forth. It ended 3-0 to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Bayern Munich uh, took out some aggression on Union Berlin. Steamrolled Union Berlin. Chupa Motang getting another goal. I know you don't like him. I know you don't rate him very highly. I don't. But he just keeps scoring, man. Just keeps doing it. Because I had to say something, that's, right? It's like Martinelli in that last game. I said Martinelli's playing like crap. What's he These doing? These guys must be listening goal. to you somewhere. They must that's be. Right. They're, they're hearing me in their heads somewhere and say, "I got to prove Targo wrong. Go play well." well I hope that's the case because I mean that's great publicity for us. But right. I don't think it is. <laughs> I think it just happens to be what happens. So uh, Kingsley Coman putting in what might have been a man of the match performance in this one. Yeah, he played excellent. Uh, he scored in the 40th minute, assisted Chupamotang. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Uh, Musiala scoring off a cross from Thomas Mueller on stoppage time in the first half. And, hey, happy birthday, Jamal Musiala. You keep being one of the best players in the world at 20 years old. Yeah, 20th birthday on uh, Sunday when they played Union Berlin. Um. Let's talk about that save from the Union Berlin goalie. So this one was hilarious. Sadio Mane has an amazing run. Pretty much hands it to Thomas Muller on a silver platter. All he has is the goalie in front of him. Muller hits it, and it hits this goalie straight in the forehead, man. it just <laughs> He goes out, makes himself big. The shot comes in and just doinks him right in the head. Hilarious. It's one of those ones where you watch it in slow motion, and it turns into a meme. Like, it was harder for Mueller to hit the goalie in the head than to not score. Yeah. Sadio Mane should have had a couple assists in that game, man. He set up a couple players for just some sitters, just had to finish it. I think the other one was Alfonso Davis, and he missed his. <laughs> but it's good to see Sadio Mane back doing what he does. Yeah. It's Getting great to see. He's one of the best players in football and one of the best humans in all of football. So, yeah. Great to see him back doing his thing. Hopefully, we see a lot more of it to come. Till then, let's fly over to Spain and Targo. What happened in La Liga? So, man, on the 25th of February, we had the Madrid Derby. Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid. And we said this one would be feisty, didn't we? We did. We, we did. did. It had a six yellow cards and a red card in this game. Uh-huh. And it ended 1-1. Angel Correa, he gets sent off in the 64th after an elbow to Rudiger. 
a little light, I thought. But you yeah. can't just go throwing elbows out. So, so it's one of happens. those. It's one of those where you watch it in real time, and it doesn't seem like much. And no, you watch when it you slow it replay, down. You watch it in the replay, slow down. It almost looks intentional. Yep. I I know you think it was harsh, but was it really? It looked deliberate. It kind of did, yeah. Like he, he, the elbow. You can see the elbow you go up. You can't do but, that. You can't do. But that. what I hate is Rudiger holding his face. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it didn't hit him in his face. We've been known that Rudiger does this since his time at Chelsea. And it's just a, it's a thing that football players do, I guess. I don't again I've be a man, bro. It. Stand up. Yeah, you hit in the chest. Hold your chest, not your face. But Jimenez, the defender for Atleti, he put a a header in off a brilliant free kick from Antoine Griezmann, giving Atletico the the lead. And then Alvaro Rodriguez gets his La Liga debut for Real Madrid. Levels the game in the 85th minute off a corner from Modric. It was Only fantastic. 18, 18, 19 years old, I think. Yeah. Ancelotti coming out after the game and saying that there's nobody in the entire Madrid squad like him. He says different characteristics, and he will, f- going forward, be a lot more... In the squad, I guess you should say. Well, that's good. Um, you're going to feature a lot more going forward. Um, and it's fun to see youth players coming through Madrid and actually seeing them succeed not being sold. Yeah, getting minutes. Uh, the other game we had mentioned of note was uh, Valencia against Real Sociedad. So this is a huge win for Valencia. They went up 1-0 off an own goal by Zubeldia in the 40th. And that's how it ended, 1-0 to Valencia, who are rooted yeah. bottom of the table. I don't think we gave them a chance to, to win that game. No, I I definitely didn't, uh, especially with, you know, the quality of Real Sociedad. Um, Valencia going up to 18th place. Yeah, I take that back. They weren't bottom of the table, but they were... They, they were 19th. Yeah, so now they're in 18th. Yeah, and now they're one point off of the drop zone. Yep. Um, I still think they're too good of a squad to be. They should doing not this be badly. relegated, right? They're on their third coach of the season. I there, there's no way. Like if you showed the squad to me or anybody else on paper, there's no way this team should go down. They I should agree, be yeah. closer to the top than the bottom. But that's a huge win for them and a huge. tough loss for Real Sociedad. Agreed. And then we have the shock of the weekend, honestly, probably the entire weekend. Almeria beating Barcelona 1-0. So El Bilal Toure scores off a ball over the top of the Barca defense. It's a nice chip ball over, and he takes it on the volley, rifles it past Tristagen in the 24th minute. Great finish. And that's how it ended, 1-0. Tough week for Barcelona. I mean, they could have gone... I mean, potentially they could have gone 10 points up. I know. So now, believe it or not, Madrid actually closed the gap by a point down to seven. They could have been 10 points up on Madrid and essentially talking about the title race over. I will say Barca played very poorly. Yeah, they did. Tough week for Barcelona as well after losing to Manchester United on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Tough week for them. Yeah, very. Next up, we go to Italy. 
the Serie A, and the uh, runaway champions. I'm gonna say Are you going to officially call it now? Yeah, saying it. <laughs> uh, Napoli on the 25th beating Ampoli 2-0. Uh, Ismajli, Ongo saw Napoli go up on the 17th minute. And then guess what? Victor Osimhen gets another one, 28th minute, scores off a rebound, 19 goals in 20 games in this area. Uh, I mean, is Napoli in this position without him? You know, maybe. The way the coach has that team humming, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the coach for Napoli, man, and the I teams agree. around him. Um, Again, let me scroll back up to his name so I can pronounce it. Kaviche. Cavarcelia, however yeah. you say it. You got to give credit to him. Chucky Lozano, I thought looked pretty good in that game. Yeah, what a resurgence from him. I thought Lobotka, his career was... and all those, all those guys look good. So I, I think you got to give credit to the coach. career was pretty much over. Um, And yeah, what a resurgence from him. I mean, yeah, credit to Napoli's coach. These guys are humming. They're playing fantastic. In my opinion, they're the best team in Europe right now. Which I'm is curious hard to see how they'll do in the Champions League. I'm excited, uh, especially seeing the draw for the next round. I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say that Frankfurt's an easy test, but without Kolomwani, I think it's going to be pretty obvious which way this is going to go. I think so too. So they could face teams like Real Madrid in the next round. That's what, what a Real Madrid. What a fantastic tie that Munich, would be. PSG, Man yeah. City, RB Leipzig. Even those are some tasty games Those's to look forward to potentially. Statement. Uh, all right, uh, Marco Rui got a red card in the 67th. Uh, he kicked another player. Deserved. He kind of got tackled, and then when he was rolling around the ground, kind of yeah. kicked out a leg. Can't, Can't do, do that. that. Red card. Next up, we had. On the 26th, Bologna against Inter. This was the shock result of the weekend with Bologna running out 1-0 winners. Do you remember us not giving Bologna any love and both going, yeah, Inter will win? 100%. (laughs) Credit to Bologna, man. I don't know if this was... They look good, too. They look really good. terrible. I was going to say, I don't know if this was a good performance from Bologna or a bad performance from Inter, and it was a good performance from Bologna. They looked fantastic. They did, and they. I mean, it was one-way traffic the whole game. Yeah, they had a goal, a goal call back off of offside. It was a weird one. So a shot came in from a one of the Bologna players, and as it was heading towards goal, it was heading towards another Bologna player who ducked out of the way, and the ball went into the net. And so the ref went and looked at it at VAR, and he called it back to offsides saying that player had interfered with play because he had to move out of the way. That's what they said. Do you agree with that? No. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, me neither. I thought that was harsh. Like, if, man, the guy he's out of the way. He didn't touch the ball. If he's impeding the goalkeeper, then I agree with the ref. But he wasn't. So I don't think it was, yeah. It's a goal. I thought it was harsh. But, but the, then after the that, of the law, the that's a goal. I thought it should have been. Yeah, but yeah. Then right after that, they hit the crossbar, and yeah, deserved win for Bologna either way. But we were praising Lukaku in the Champions League. 
he played terrible in this game, man. Yeah. He got um, subbed off. It and, uh, enters uh chairman coming out before this game saying that Lukaku is uh 30 kilograms overweight. He's a big guy, that's for sure. He's a big guy. I didn't, 30 that's a lot of that's a lot of weight though. Yeah. I don't see it. That much overweight, he's a big guy naturally. He's just a muscly, yeah, he's he not muscles fat. defenders, that's what he does. 30 kilograms is fat. For a soccer player. I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, that was a terrible way. looking field too, man. There was oh. puddles and every step you could see the it splash was, of water coming off gross. the ground. Um, I didn't know if I was watching the Serie A or the Nations League in England. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. Which just tells you that it was very, very poor quality. I've played on better fields than that. We both have. Growing up. So. And I played on some worse ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, 100%. But I expect that. Next up, we had AC Milan against Atalanta. We thought this game was going to be close. Could go either way. It only went think, one way. Yeah, I think you called Atalanta, didn't you? I did. Uh, they didn't show up in this one. Nope. AC Milan ran out 2-0 winners. 25th minute. Juan Musso with the own goal. It's the goalie. Yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah. Taylor Hernandez had a beauty a strike, of though. a strike, man. Yeah. A beauty. Yeah. And it hits the post, bounces back off the goalie into the goal. Yeah. Sorry about your luck. We got two in a week. First, Emmy Martinez, now one Musso. So. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, AC Milan finished the 2-0 win in the 86th minute. Junior Messias finished it off a beautiful through ball. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that Gogpo through ball against yeah. Crystal Palace, except this guy actually finished it, chipped the goalie. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The reason why one of them is going to probably stay in the Champions League and the other one has no chance of staying in the Champions League. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming back in this one, coming back to full fitness, coming on as a sub. How many times can I say coming on? Uh, in the 74th minute for Olivier Giroud, good to see him back. But how good did he look in those new AC Milan jerseys? Dude, those are slick. They are slick. I want one. My birthday's coming up. You know what to get me. (laughs) You know, the only thing I'll ever buy you is an Arsenal jersey. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Or some Bruise and Banter merch from Red Bull. Or some Bruise and Banter merch. That's right. Insert plug here. Yeah, uh, I was like, not to plug our own brand. But. Yeah, I can't believe uh, Chelsea went after Mihailo Mudrik and not Rafael Leao. He uh, looked so good in that game, Leao. Like, why? Let me. Okay, be honest with me, Mihailo Mudrik. How many times had you actually seen him play? I've seen him. I probably could count them on one hand. Um, I couldn't probably give you. It's, no more than five. It would probably, be Champions League, I'm guessing, right? Probably, four, yeah, 100%. All Champions League games. I watched all of his group stage games. So, three. How many times uh, have you seen Rafael Leao play for Portugal, for AC Milan? I've seen him more times play for Portugal than I have seen Mihailo Mudrik play, period. How about that? <laughs> There you go. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Why would you go spend 100 mil on Mihailo Mudrik when you could probably get Rafael Leao for that same price? 
It's because Todd Bowley likes to shop off of other people's shopping lists, and he went for Arsenal's all some all uh, January. So it's just it doesn't make sense, man. Yeah, well, but see that's where a, Arsenal is now, and Jorginho's reaping the rewards. So, but yeah, things are heating up in Syria off for that second place finish. Enter. Inter Milan and AC Milan, both tied on points on well, 47. And AS Roma's three points, points back in fourth place. Yep. 44 points. So, as anyone's game, but we all know uh, it's, it's anyone's game for title. second place. <laughs> <laughs> no trophies for second place, but according to Arsene Wenger, there is one for fourth. So, it's everyone's game, but they're playing Napoli's game. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Here, yeah. Next up, we go to Ligue, Ligue 1. Marseille against PSG, the 26th. Last time these two teams played, Marseille ran out winners in the Coupe de France. This time, PSG wins 3 0. PSG played good. Was this good. ever a game? No, PSG played good, <laughs> man. No, it wasn't. Neymar, he's injured, but Mbappe and Messi. It was the Mbappe and Messi show. Again, M- brings up the point. Are they better without Neymar? Maybe. I think so. Anything to go off this game, yeah. I think so. I think it's time for them to bench Neymar because Mbappe and Messi without Neymar are just better. So I don't know how long Neymar is out for, but I kind of want to see this PSG team take on Bayern Munich without Neymar. Neymar's out for till at least his birthday, which is March 6th, so... Oh, it's not very long. He won't so, be yeah, fully but... fit by the time they play Bayern Munich. How about that? Um, yeah. That's all I got. Alexis Sanchez played for Marseille. Yeah, did you know he plays for them? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, he signed as a free agent after he got let go by Inter Milan. <clears throat> I remember when I was watching this game, I was, I was like, Alexis Sanchez plays for Marseille? Then obviously him and Mateo Guendouzi. A lot of former <laughs> Arsenal Nuno <players>. Tavares <laughs> left <Yeah>. back. <laughs> Who has six goals this season. Crazy. Dude, you got to see this mustache Alexis Sanchez is rocking. Oh, I have. Trust me. It's like if I grew a mustache and just had the mustache. Okay. It was like awkward silence. <laughs> You're trying. Uh, anyways, let's get to the midweek games. Well, long, hold first... on. Long story short, Mbappe had two goals. Messi had a goal. Yeah. And they both assisted each other's goals. <laughs> exactly. It was the two of them having fun in a schoolyard, essentially. Or should I say a field? Kick around with the boys. With a bunch of farmers. <laughs> Kick around with the boys. All right. On the first, we have the makeup games in hand. Arsenal against Everton. This one at the Emirates, as you all could remember. Uh, Everton beat Arsenal at Goodison Park 1-0 last time out. How do you see this one going? Dude, Arsenal need to get some revenge in this game. That's what I'm saying. I think they will. I think this is going to be a statement game. The Arsenal wins handily. You know, I don't think they will, man. You know Sean Dyche is going to set up a very defensive it's unit. A, but it's different. It, Arsenal haven't won at Goodison How's Park in five years. Is that the Emirates? Arsenal have only lost one game at the Emirates this year, and arguably they should have won that game. They just gave the game to Manchester City. I think that this is not close. I think Arsenal 
especially if they start Trossard up front again, he looked good. And I don't – Gabriel Jesus on the bench for this one? I think so. Nah, I don't Almost think we'll back. see him for another couple of weeks. I don't think we'll see him start. He, I think he'll be on the bench, but I don't think he comes on. I think he's just there. Moral support. Um, but I don't think this one's close. I think Arsenal win this one. Everton losing a big game against Aston Villa. I hope you're right. I do too. But uh, I don't think Five point are. gap again. Everybody's played the same amount of games. But the one I really want to talk about is the next one. Liverpool Wolves. against Wolves. Wolves have been that bugaboo team for Liverpool them, the last, yeah, last couple seasons. Out. How do you see this one going? Where's it at? Anfield? Mm-hmm. I like Wolves, man. I like the way they're playing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Matias like, Nunez, been a man. That, team. I, don't, I don't know if that changes. Matias Nunez in the midfield. Craig Dawson, new signing at center backs. Looks pretty good. I will say Matias Cunha came off against Fulham injured, so I don't know if he'll play. Uh, but Raul Jimenez started. That was yeah. good to see him get it's a good start. To see him. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be tough for Liverpool. Oh, for sure will be tough, especially the way they're playing. They suck. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go two to one win for Liverpool. I'll go a two one win for Wolves. <sighs> that hurt me to say that. Is that bad? To pick Why? Liverpool to win, it hurt. Is that bad? <laughs> Apparently. Is that how Especially far Liverpool at Anfield, has That used to be Usually a fortress. I'm confident about this one. Shoot. Uh, all right. We got the return of the FA Cup on the 28th of February. Today. Yeah. Today. Uh, Stoke and Brighton. I only see this going one way, but I Brighton. guess it depends on who Brighton starts. A trophy for Brighton would be huge. So I think they'd probably go pretty strong squad. Stoke's doing okay in the championship this year, but Brighton are on fire. Yeah. Fulham against Leeds next up. This one's intriguing. I feel like Leeds are, honestly, they're a tough team to beat. Mm -hmm. They really are. They haven't been winning a lot of games, but they're not getting blown out of the water by these games that they're losing. You know, they got to win here at the weekend. I almost want to fancy Leeds. I think Fulham's going to win this, and I think it's going to be like 1-0. Just the way that Fulham has been playing. I want Leeds to win, but yeah. I want Leeds to win as well. But I don't think they will, though. The Fulham's been playing so pretty good. Actually, I'll go the opposite. I'll say Leeds get the win. Just to be, Ar- arguably. I'll make a bold one. Arguably. Arguably. <laughs> On the first, we have Manchester United against West Ham. Do you see this going any other way but for Manchester United? No. No. I don't either. No. Moving on. Sheffield United hot off a very close win against Wrexham. Play Tottenham Hotspur. This one's in Sheffield. Do you fancy Sheffield for this one? No. I do. I do. Tottenham away from home this season or non league team. And now they're coming up against a Premier League team in fourth place. Yes, but I also think with the return of Antonio Conte, they rest some players knowing that they have a Champions League game coming up. 
I just I don't see them playing a full strength squad, playing some youth players, and that feel at Sheffield, it's not a good looking pitch. <laughs> it gonna be it looks awful. Up. And I think that plays right into the hands of Sheffield United. I, I just this is the joy of the FA Cup. I think and Leeds for have, some or, reason my Tottenham gut have too tells quality, me man. My gut tells me this will be one of those games. Kind of like the Liverpool Wolves game for me. Yeah. But this one's a little more of the upset variety. Oh, it's definitely more of an upset. But it's an upset I don't think will happen. I think you're dreaming. All right. Well, I do like to dream. <laughs> In the Serie A on the 28th today, we got Carmonese against AS Roma. I see this going one way. But Cameronese has had some pretty good results against the bigger teams. No, they haven't, dude. They haven't won a single game. (laughs) They have not won a single game. (laughs) I was trying to test you, see if you actually believed me or not. No. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't believe me either because they haven't. Yeah, last Roma wins this game with... Nine That's points. It. They have zero wins, nine draws, and 14 losses. <laughs> Roma's in fourth place. <laughs> yeah. This goes one way and one way only. On paper, yes. Roma wins. Uh, next up, we got Juventus against Torino. This is eighth against ninth. Uh, this is actually a pretty big game. This is a big game that Juve really need to win. Mm-hmm. They pretty much need to win out the rest of their season, if I'm being honest. A win here sees them go to seventh. Torino could go above Juventus into eighth, but that's about as high as they can. I think this is a huge blow if Juventus loses this game. Oh, it's a huge blow. I don't see them losing it, but they shouldn't, it would no. be a huge blow. Uh, and then on the 2nd of March, we have... Real Madrid against Barcelona. Copa del Rey first leg. El Clásico. At the Bernabeu. How do you see this going? First round in La Liga, Barcelona won. It's hard. Barca have lost their last two games. Real Madrid thump Liverpool and then tie Atletico. What a run of games, though, for Real Madrid. Damn. You had to play Liverpool, Atletico, and now Barca? Yeah, I, I, you would have to imagine the end of the season run out for Madrid has to be much easier than Barcelona. Well, Real Madrid are also in the Champions League. Barca are not. Well, I don't Barca's, know, man. Barca Barcelona seem to have one over Real Madrid. <laughs> What's that? I said Barcelona's not in Europe at all now. So no, there's that. But uh, the the last time these teams met, Barca just thumped them. Yeah. Three to one, if I'm not mistaken. I think it depends if Pedri or Gavi are back. I think both teams play weaker squads. I think Pedri played at the weekend. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm going to go the draw. A draw, I'll say a Real Madrid win. Okay. That would be huge for Real Madrid, especially for their confidence. All right, changing gears. It won't go away. Seems like it's a rumor that's here to stay. I know you don't like it. I don't like it. 
Most fans around the world absolutely despise it, but the Super League. Dude, this Super League is a freaking zombie. You think you've got it killed. And you see an arm twitching and slowly come back to light. Yeah. It's slightly mutated. One might say it's just like COVID. Um, It's just annoying. It's there. Keep sticking. People hate it. (laughs) People hate it. Uh, Apparently, this time they want to replace the Champions League. You're talking 80 teams going across the season. Round robin style with a knockout round. What do you think of the Super League? Like it just it won't go away. The Stupid. first round was a bust. I can't believe some of the teams that were there. Arsenal's one of them. Um I just it won't go away and now players are starting to talk about it. It's stupid. Why would you get rid of the Champions League? You get teams, I mean like like we're talking about Napoli and Eintracht Frankfurt. You have Porto still in it. Do you think those teams would be in the Super League? Yeah. All of them? 80, 80 teams. Like they, they would. I don't think Frankfurt would. Well, if it's 80 teams, you're thinking that's more than the Champions League and the knockout or the playoff rounds for the Champions League. I don't like it, man. It's all going to be club run, it's all about money. There's not going to be any financial fair play, you know, if it's clubs running other clubs. I'm still waiting for a rant from you, but I'll take that. It's just, it's stupid. Again, you're, you're just hurting a lot of the smaller teams. You're hurting all these smaller countries that make kind of the Champions League beautiful, where you get these deep runs from the likes of a Monaco, who you might not expect. Porto winning the Champions League. You know, even Dortmund making it to Champions League finals, although I think they would be in a Super League probably, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And so it's great to see teams like that. I mean, you, you picked Michelin in the Europa League to beat Sporting Lisbon. <laughs> so I mean, it's just teams like that, you know, that I think it would just hurt. It would devastate. It just makes these rich clubs already richer. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me that the you know people heading this are the presidents of Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, it's like I said, it's the owners of clubs. I mean, you look at the president of La Liga, Tebas, he's came out and they're all denouncing this league. They don't want mm-hmm. it. I mean, the English government is coming out and setting rules in place to discourage any Premier League teams from joining such a league. Like, it's, I, I don't think it'll ever happen. Like I said, if the English government makes it pretty much illegal or discourages it so much that Premier League teams can join it, you lose a lot of your appeal, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, who else are you going to want to see? Real Madrid, Barca, Bayern, PSG, a couple I mean, Italian raises, teams, Juve. It raises no, the question, especially with Manchester City and what's going on with them. If they get sent to Kingdom Come, whether it be out of the EFL, because they still have the chance or choice to accept them, and they get sent to the Nations League, isn't that like a more attractive proposition for them? Yeah, but that's a big what if. I mean, we're still talking big what ifs. We don't know what's going to well, happen. Well, I mean, with Super Man League City. is Super League is a big what if. That one's all. You're you're not wrong, but the talks of the Super League just need to die, man. They need to be done, burned, buried, put in the grave. I I agree. I'm not I'm not one to advocate for the Super League. I hate it. It's dumb. 
the whole thought of it is, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's probably mostly Joan Laporta for Barcelona trying to get them out of debt. That's really why he's pushing it so hard. Same with Juventus because they keep cheating. They need money. Points. Like those, them and Real Madrid are the three teams that are still in it. Everybody else has dropped out. Um, this, it just, it reminds me so much. I know you're not a golf fan, but live golf and the PGA tour where the PGA yeah, no tour is like <laughs> anyone that goes to join them is banned. You can't come back. It's been, the rumors were swirling for years and then it happened and it's just all money. That's all it is. It's not a profitable business. It's just money for these teams. If FIFA got involved, maybe said any players that participate in this league are banned from the FIFA World Cup. No one joins it. No one joins it. Not a single team. Well, if teams do, then you see players quit. These teams. Like shred contracts. I don't want to play here anymore. If that something like that needs to happen, man, because that league just needs to die. But what do you think of Tony Kroos coming out? And supporting it, saying UEFA is not any better with this whole Nations League and making them play more games that make no sense. I can understand that. Like even like the FIFA Club World Cup. I mean, it's it's all right. You could see teams from you know North and South America, Central America play teams from Europe, Africa. But I mean, aren't those just better, honestly, as friendlies? I think it should be something that it should be more like a friendly competition. Like you do it as a friendly tournament during the Maybe summer. Maybe have a super league before the season as a friendly. They that do I would that. be okay with. They do that in the United States right now. They kind of do. You're not wrong. Yeah. And that's why I like it. <laughs> but those are friendlies. Those are warm up games. They aren't real life. But would this be any more real life? Like, okay, we, we made a new league. Now there's this trophy. You guys want to win it. I mean, it doesn't no. it won't have any history. It won't have yeah. anything like the Champions League. Which is, I mean, I hate to use it as, uh, you know, comparing the two, but it's exactly like Live Golf. It's this new thing, a lot of money. It doesn't make any sense, and people go there because they want to make more money. That, that's literally it. There's no history. It's just another trophy that doesn't make any sense. I think it hurts the teams who come up from the leagues below. Like if you're in the championship or Segunda Liga, you know, Serie B. And then you come up into the Serie A or La Liga or the Premier League. You're not the Super League. No. And guess what? All those Super League teams now have that much more money than you. Create that disparity even more. It would ruin what we love about football, which is any team can win on any given weekend. At that point, you are making such a big gap in between the teams that you're putting teams that are smaller, essentially making them obsolete. And kind of to go back off that, like even in La Liga, we talked about Valencia, their team that shouldn't be where they're at. Do you think they would be a team in the Super League? No. See, I think they would because off their history. I think typically you see, you think of Valencia being in. Europa League, Champions League. And so I think they might be a team that could be in that Super League, but look where they're at right now, man. 18th place in La Liga. You don't get storylines like that, I think, if they're in a Super League and they have loads of money to spend. 
Yeah. I mean, again, I, ultimately this, this essentially is going to make the smaller teams obsolete and the bigger teams that much richer. I mean, but like what we love about football, right? The Brightons, the Brentfords, the Union Berlins, the Real Sociedads, the Law of the world. It would make all of those runs by all of these teams that are much smaller in stature completely obsolete. It would or even Leicester winning a Premier League. Yeah. It wouldn't make it wouldn't happen. Those Cinderella stories would become even more Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, or harder. it would go the other direction where all these big players don't want to play in the Super League and they go to these smaller teams. But I don't see that ever happening. Yeah. Again, I and I think the Super League, that deal they came out and said like they want all the best players on the Super League teams. Yeah. And that's why there's so much money thrown around. Ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen, but you guys let us know. Is it a, is it something that you think won't go away? Is it something that's dead in the water? Is it something that's gaining momentum and teams might start to sign on to because of the amount of money thrown around? Let us know. But that's all I got. Yeah, this was a longer episode, so I hope you guys enjoyed it on our rant on the Super League. Make sure to check out our socials. At Bruzen Banter FC, TikTok, Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Let us know your thoughts, what you think. What are your thoughts on the Super League or maybe predictions you have for the weekend on teams that might win? We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Don't forget to check out our YouTube. You can see our reactions, how red Josh's face gets on some of these. <laughs> it's always good. Yeah, I do like to rant and I do get heated. Literally, yeah, make sure to check out our Red Bubble. Get some merch. Help us keep doing this. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.